0: Just continue to do what you do. And we'll give you all the glory for all the good that will come out of this service today. In Jesus' name. And everyone that agrees with that prayer, shout it. Amen. Amen. Love on one person a day. Tell them God bless you. Let them know that you are glad to see them. And then you may be seated. Thank you, music department. Excellent, excellent, excellent job today. Excellent job today. Praise God. Do we serve a good God? I asked a question. Do we serve a good God? Has that good God been good to anyone in this room? I know he has. And guess what? His best is still yet to come. You have not seen the best of all that God has for you. Matter of fact, I would probably argue that you've only seen about that much of all the goodness that God has for you. We started a series on last week entitled Why Believe during this Christmas season. And we know that this is a question that every one of us faces every year. Is this whole Christmas story is Jesus the son of God? Was he just a prophet? Why do we put all our stock in Jesus being the the virgin or the the son of God coming in human form, born of a virgin, living a life of sinless love, dying for sinners so that all who believe might have eternal life. Is this story a creation of human imagination because we need it to be true? Or is it true and therefore we need to believe it? And that's what we're arguing and that's what we're fighting for over these next couple of weeks. We're looking at six witnesses who speak and testify to why the Son of God came into the world. Those witnesses are Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Paul, the writer of Hebrews. And I believe they give us six answers that answer the reason why he came and why we should believe. God is good. I don't think he came for us to put Christmas trees in our family rooms. I don't think he came for us to get in debt trying to buy Christmas gifts. I don't think it's really about everything that society has made it. And so people get depressed and they get down because they can't buy gifts. When in the reality, you've received the greatest gift you will ever receive in your entire life. And his name is Jesus. Come on, anybody thankful for the gift of Jesus this morning? And so we're marching through, and we're talking about these witnesses. The first thing we talked about is he came as a ransom for many. Sin had a debt that had to be paid. And there was really only one sinless person who could pay that debt to redeem us back from poverty, sickness, and spiritual death, and to ensure that we would walk in our inheritance found in Deuteronomy chapter 26. God loves us, and there's so much in that inheritance. Matter of fact, I think this is a good window to be a blessing to someone. Anyone an Atlanta Falcons fan in here? I'm looking for a husband and wife. Husband and wife, Atlanta Falcons fan, you're not doing anything at 1 o'clock today, and you want to go on a date with your honey. You want to go on a date. Okay, lift your hand. Lift your hand. You want to go on a date with your honey. All right? Right where? Right where? Right where? Right where? Come on up here, come on up here, let the Lord, come on, let him, let him get to moving in your feet. I was the chaplain last night for the Arizona Cardinals. This so will bless you, there's about 20, 25 guys in the room, 18 of them gave their lives to Christ on last night. Come on, somebody ought to give God glory for that, okay? And so they gave me tickets to the game today. Of course, I'm going to be here preaching, so why don't you two enjoy that and give each other a little kiss on the way back to your seat. Watch out now. Watch out. You're welcome. Enjoy that, okay? Make it an all-day affair. Glory to God. How many of y'all know that's part of our inheritance right there? Right? Marriage is a part of our inheritance. Number two, he came to call sinners to repentance. And let's pick up with number three today. He came to give true vision to the morally blind. I want to welcome everyone that's live streaming today. All of the notes can be found in the YouVersion Bible app. If you're sitting in this service, just go to the events section. Click on Linked Up Church, and you can follow along. Of course, I'm going to give you more than what's in that outline, so I encourage you to add your notes to that outline so that you can get the fullness of what God has for us today. He came to give true vision To the morally blind. Go with me to John chapter 9. I'm gonna start at verse 1. It's not in your outline because I always wanna give you more. John chapter 9, verse 1. He came to give true vision to the morally blind. Chapter 9, verse 1 of St. John says, Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned this man or his parents? that he was born blind. And isn't it interesting how a lot of religious people always think because if someone gets sick, somebody had to do something wrong. I mean, sometimes it's just a flat-out attack from Satan. Right? And then Jesus answered, Neither did this man or his parents sin, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. So, So why do we focus on what doesn't matter? The issue is somebody needs to be healed. says, neither one of them sin, it's just that the works of God needs to be revealed in him. He said, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work, and as long as I am in the world, notice what he says here. I am the light of the world. And so when a person is in darkness, how I many know it's because they have moved away from the light? All right, you all know the rest of that text there. He tells that young man, well, actually, he spits on the ground, and he gets some dirt, and he makes some clay. I mean, most of us would have checked out right there as soon as he spit on the ground. (laughs) Anybody in here willing to be honest? He makes some clay, and he rubs it on both eyes. Can you imagine that saliva, spit, and dirt? That's how Jesus chose to heal this young man. Right? But at the end of the day, I don't care what you want to use as long as I walk away seeing. Right? And so, of course, he sends him to the pool, and he goes, and he comes back, and he's healed. But once again, just like religious folks, religious folks always see things differently. Let's pick the story up at verse 35. Now he goes into the temple, and the Pharisees have excommunicated him out of the temple Because Jesus healed him on the Sabbath day. What I really think it is, is they're jealous that that God used someone other than them. And now they don't want attention going to anyone else but them. All right. And so pick the story up at verse 35. Verse 35 says, Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And when he had found him, he said to him, do you believe in the son of God? And he answered, and he said, who is he, Lord? Greek word there, curios. He said, who is he, supremacy? You're supreme in authority. Who is he that I may believe in him? So right away, you can already see that this young man has some insight to who it is that's asking him this question because he calls him Lord. So he answered him, and he said, Lord, I believe or oh, he answered him and said, who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, you have both seen him, and it is he who is talking with you. And then he said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. How many of you know true believers will always worship the Christ? Come on, can we lift our hands for a moment right now and just true believers, just take a few moments and worship the Christ right now. Give him the glory that is due unto his name. God, you are good and so worthy of our worship and so worthy of our praise. There's none like you in all the earth. We thank you for sending your son. Jesus, we thank you for coming to the earth. We receive you this Christmas. And so he said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. Now watch this here. And Jesus said, for judgment I have come into the world. What type of judgment, Jesus? That those who do not see may see, and that those who see may be made blind. Wait a minute. He said, I came to judge this world, but my judgment is this. That those who are blind may be made to see. How I many you know? He's talking spiritually right now. And those who can see might be made blind. So what is he really saying here? Because that can be a little confusion if, if we don't uh, confusing if we don't understand what he's saying. So he takes this illustration as he commonly did. If you go all the way back you'll notice that he literally healed a man of natural blindness, right? So he's setting that up to teach this parable later on, and the Pharisees judge this, excommunicates the guy out of the synagogue. Jesus comes back to the guy. After he heals him, he makes sure that he's saved. How many of God will heal people that are not saved and use that as his calling card to draw him to them? Right? But he's setting this all up so that he can help them understand. There are people who cannot see spiritually, but because they have a heart to know me, I'm going to open up their eyes. Then there are religious people who harden their hearts, think they know everything. Hello, somebody. Right? And don't want to change, fight and resist the word of God. They think they see, but they're going to become blind. Speaking specifically to the Pharisees here. So that they might see, that they might discern the path of truth, the duty, and of salvation as that young man just did. And then those might be made blind. This is the result of people hearing the Word of God, and that truth begins to exasperate them, and their pride and their opposition to Him gets confirmed. And literally what begins to happen is the effect of truth will always do one of two things. It will either soften your heart or it will harden your heart. How I many know there's really no in-between? Either you're going to receive it, your heart is going to become soft and respond to it, and your eyes are going to be open, or you're going to hear it, your heart is going to be, uh, become hard, you're going to resist it and oppose it, and then your eyes are going to be further closed. This is a big reason, he said, for judgment I have come into the world. Look at verse 40. Then some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these words, and they said to him, Are we blind also? Do you all think he said that loud enough so that they could hear it? Then their response is, Are we blind also? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you say we see, therefore your sin remains. You understand what he just said there? If you really were blind, you would have heard what I just said. And it would have softened your heart, and all your sins would have been forgiven. But since you want to act like you you already know everything and you're free, now your sins remain. Powerful revelation there. He's literally letting us know, folks, this is a major reason why he came. Go with me to John chapter 12. John chapter 12. When you get there, say amen. In John chapter 12, just a few chapters over, let's begin reading at verse 42. He's speaking several parables throughout this entire chapter. Picking up at verse 42, he says, Nevertheless, even among the rulers, many believed in him. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. Then Jesus cried out and said, he who believes in me believes not in me, but in him who sent me. See, if you believe in the Father, then you have to believe in the Son. Verse 45, and he who sees me sees him who sent me. I have come, once again telling you why he came, as a light into the world. That whosoever believes in me should not abide, settle down in, take up residence in darkness. And if anyone hears my word and does not believe, listen to what he says here. I do not judge him, for I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. Man, he just gave us some insight into how to love on people this Christmas season. Your job is just to deliver the word, not to judge people. Accept people and love them for who they are. All time for family members, cousins, and friends. You're going to be around all kinds of people. They don't need to hear what they're doing is wrong. They just need to hear that Jesus loves them, and he has already provided a way for them out of that. Your job is to just plant the seed of the word and then let the seed of the word judge whatever situation it encounters. You just love people. Right? Let's look at what happens. though. Go with me to 1 Peter chapter 1. Go to 1 Peter chapter 1. He said, I came as a light into this world, that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. So is it safe to say then, if a person is abiding in darkness, they have chosen to move away from the light? All right? I'm going somewhere with this today. Go with me to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter, or 2 Peter chapter 1. And you all know the story here. God has already in the beginning of that chapter given us everything that pertains unto life and godliness. If you don't have a job out there, out here right now, there are about 10 of them waiting on you. And it'll take faith to to receive that and believe that. I don't care what it is right now. If you have a bill that that is not paid right now, God has one million ways that he's already paid that bill. The issue is not on God's side. Have you tapped into what he's already provided for you? I don't care what you're dealing with right now. God has already provided everything that pertains unto life and godliness, but there's a key to that. He said it's through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and to virtue. So he said, I've already given you everything, but you've got to grow in me. Then he talks about eight areas that every believer needs to grow in. Let's pick it up at verse 5. He says, but also for this very reason, given all diligence, and we talked about this in our growth series over the summer, add to your faith virtue, to your virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. Listen to what he says here. For if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 9 is key here. He said, I am come, I am the true light. He who abides in me shall never live in darkness. Listen to what he says right here. For he who lacks these things... New King James Version is short-sighted, and I'm ministering specifically to somebody online or in this room today. He who lacks these things, short-sighted, short-sighted, right? Because they haven't been growing in what they know. And so, a person who has short-term vision, they can only see what they want to do right now. What they can't see are the long-term consequences of this bad choice. And the reason they're short-sighted is because they're not growing in the things of God. You got to understand in the kingdom, you do not stay neutral. You are either growing or you're going backwards. Right? And so if you're, going, if you're not growing, then... Things that look good that you know aren't good for you, you still might partake of it because you think that it's not going to cost you long term. And that person can't see that this poor decision that I'm making has long term consequences. And so this person is short sighted even to blindness. Now notice then, so let's just use this example. This person has been, let's just say, delivered from the opposite sex. But how many of you know your flesh still desires the opposite sex? All right, that's not a good one right there. I can tell you all don't like that. How many unmarried people in this building today? All right. And so what will happen is you can literally justify a whole lot of different things. You can say, you know what? It's been four months. I've been doing good. Right? Somebody comes along. A person with short-term vision might say, you know what? One time is not getting ready to hurt anything. And it'll be that one time. I'll leave the rest of that alone. And now there are long-term consequences. Even to the point where now I can become spiritually blind and now begin to live this as a lifestyle. And at one point I knew the truth. It's no different. I've been married 21 years. See, a person that that really has been married, that's short-term vision for me to go out and cheat on my wife, you know, thinking that that's going to solve something within my marriage. Right? And if I continue down that path, I can literally become blind. Not only do I destroy my marriage, but I lose my children. And then that blindness can overwhelm me. He's telling you this is why he can't. Usually people who know to do right don't want to do wrong. They've been blinded from the truth. And they end up making short-term decisions that have long-term consequences. If I venture to ask for a show of hands, how many of y'all wish a few decisions in your life you could get back? Look around the room so everyone will know we're not in this by ourselves. How I y'all mean, can honestly say I knew the entire time it was wrong? And I'm tell you what happens when you go past that—it's no longer you. Something now has taken over you and blinded you. And he literally said it, it can even lead to blindness. And they've forgotten that they were cleansed from their old sins. Come on, we all know the story. I remember when I first got saved. I, I, man, I was trying to overcome drinking. College student, just graduated, and you know how you throw up and you say, God, if you just let me make it through the night. Oh, Lord, let me try this out. They've been been saved their whole lives over there. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about hugging the toilet. You don't know if it's clean because you're not in your right mind right now. You don't know what's going on. You're hugging the toilet saying, God, if you'll just get me through the night. What you were really saying is, if you'll just get me through the night till next weekend. <laughs> Come on, church, don't leave me out here by myself. Right? And so what have happened, that blindness will take you right back. And he came, folks, so that you don't have to go back. He came so that you could only go forward. Let me prove it another way. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. When you get there, say amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Now, we shouted on last week. What we're talking about today is 2019 being a year where you don't have to go backwards anymore. Come on, somebody. Come on. I'm talking about stuff you've been struggling with. Come on. Let's make that a part of our past and not our future. Because he came to open up your eyes to that. It's really no one in their right mind would want to sleep with someone that they're not married to. Not a believer. Thank you for one amen. (laughs) I I said no one in their right mind. Not in their right mind. Not who can see. Especially, and we just met, so, well, it's nothing special about you if they'll give it to you that fast. Hello. Hello. I want you to think about how Satan can blind people's minds. That literally, and again, we don't talk about this stuff in church because we don't want to offend people. Remember, I'm not judging anyone. I'm just speaking the world. The word. In the beginning, God created them male and female. And the only thing that can procreate, the only reason all of us exist is because a male got together with a female. Do you know how selfish it is to believe that God made you a way that does not procreate and that you wouldn't even exist if it were true? Because two females will never produce anything. Satan has blinded. That's right. That's right. That's true. Two males will, none of, I would not be here if my parents' name were Steve and John. How I many you know Satan did that? But Jesus sent me here today to open up somebody's eyes. You all want a little bit more of this today? Can somebody just give God a good hallelujah in this place? Pastor, you really shouldn't talk about that in church. Well, then where are we going to talk about it at? Hello. You know why it runs rap- rampant in churches? Nobody talks about it. Second Corinthians chapter 4. Let's begin at verse 1. Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. But we have announced or renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the Word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Watch this now. But if our gospel is hid, if it's veiled, if it's covered up, it is hidden to those who are perishing whose minds the God of this age, lowercase g, referring to Satan, has blinded, who do not believe, lest the glorious light of the gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. One of two things are happening when you're hearing truth. Your heart is either embracing that and is drawing you closer to God, Your heart is becoming hardened and you're now becoming opposed to God and it's driving you further away. And he just told us who's behind that. His name is the lowercase g, God of this world. Satan has blinded the minds of them that believe not lest the light of this gospel would shine unto them. Folks, I know we don't see it this way, But this is why Christ came, so that those who do not see may see. This is a true meaning of Christmas. And if your eyes have been opened, are you thankful that you're able to see spiritually light and darkness? Come on, truth and lies. Come on, if your eyes have been open in here, go ahead and thank God for that right now. Come on, because I remember a time when they weren't open. I remember a time when, when hanging out and partying and clubbing and drinking and come on, wild parties and, and the opposite sex. I remember when I was blind, but I thank God He opened my eyes up so that I can see the glorious light of the gospel. And now I know I don't have to drink no more. I don't have to lie no more. I don't have to cuss no more. I don't have to steal no more. I don't I don't have to cheat on my spouse. No. Come on. I can be faithful. God is good because the light has come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The only reason someone is still in it, their hearts get hard, especially if they're sitting in hearing truth. I want you to know God loves you. And he has a way out of your darkness. And it's through the word of God. You don't have to live like that. Another. I'm speaking to somebody in this room today. You don't have to live another day like that. I don't even know why I'm going down this path. You're more precious than that. Your body is more precious than that. You're a queen. You're a king. Come on, you're God's child. Come on, God is on your side. Come on, your body is a temple of the living God. He's on the inside of you. You can make a choice today. And listen, you make that choice, and I trust and I believe and I declare that God will bring into your life what it is that you really want. If you'll remove out of your life what you know he doesn't want. Come on, on, somebody ought to say thank you. Come, Come on, is the Spirit of God ministering to anybody in this room? Right? Sometimes it's dangerous to be saved a long time. And your heart no longer becomes soft to the Word of God or the things of God. And now everything is for everyone else. But I'm telling you, there's somebody in here long term, the Spirit of God is speaking to you. It's time to grow out of that. It's not good for you. It's not good for you. Let's... Do number four. Christ came to bring division. My God, that doesn't even sound right, does it? Christ came to bring division. Doesn't sound right, does it? Let's read Matthew chapter 10. Christ came to bring division. Matthew chapter 10 verse 34 says, do not think that I have come to bring peace on earth. Irony, quietness, rest to be set at one again. He said, Don't think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. But when you think about a sword, how I many you know that's opposition? That's war. That's battle. That's division, right? He said, I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring war. What is he talking about? Let's keep reading. For I've come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. You ever notice that sometimes the greatest problems we have in life come right out of our own households? Am I the only one? Has anyone have you ever noticed that comes right out of your staffs, your, your your families, everything that's close to you? The greatest challenges in life are birthed out of that. So what is he talking about here? He's got. There has to be some deeper meaning to this. He goes on to say, "Daughter against mother-in-law, daughter-in-law against mother-in-law, and a man's enemy shall be those of his own household." That word household there is translated as family. Why would he come to make me an enemy of my own family? That doesn't make any sense. He didn't come so that we can be enemies. He came so that we can be family. Until that family makes a decision against him. Then you have to make a decision. Now he explains that. Verse 37, he who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He didn't tell you not to love your mother and father. He said don't love your mother and father more than him. Which means we don't compromise because it's the holiday season. So if the event is at my house and we don't have drinking in my house, just because you're my father, you get no passes. My wife is sitting here right now. When we lived in Detroit, we would always have Christmas at our house. If you if you watch it, Unc, I love you. <laughs> My whole family watches these services. I love you, Unc. You know I'm telling the truth. <laughs> and so we believed for a couple of hours, everyone could could get along, have a good time without alcohol and smoking. I and mean, how oh, many know they can make a cigarette look like a regular cigarette? <laughs> but it's something else in there. <laughs> True story. God's out is truth. I love you, Uncle. My Uncle brought his bag in. And I said, Uncle, you can't drink in here, man. What nephew? It's the holiday. It's Christmas. Jesus turned the water into wine. <laughs> like they bring that one out every single time, don't they? Right? This true story. I love you, Uncle. I said, uncle, you can't drink in here, man. I said, you see what it is it's causing division. I've got to make a choice right here. Am I gonna love my uncle more than my standards in Christ? This went on for how long? Back and forth. I said, you can't do it, huh? Don't open that up in here, man. This went on for about 15, 20 minutes. You know how your uncle, they think they can always beat you. So I had to kind of swell up a little bit. I said, "Uncle, you don't want to cross that line, man. You're going to see your nephew you grew up a little bit, boy. Where you, boy? you a little bit, you a little older now. You don't want to do that, uncle. You don't want to do that. I love you, man. True story. My uncle was willing. I wouldn't even let him drink in front of my house. He was willing to go to his car, pop the trunk, drive the car two doors down the street, sit in the trunk, drink his drink. Now, this is Detroit, Michigan in December. Five degree temperature outside. My uncle went two doors down. But watch this, though. His respect for his nephew went two degrees up. And I'm glad to say today, let me fix it up for y'all. I'm glad to say that my uncle is saved today. Jesus Christ is the Lord of his life. Come on, somebody. Ended up attending Word of Faith Christian Center right with us, with his wife and his two kids. You never know if your stand is actually going to change somebody's life. So he says here, he who loves father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. It's not telling us not to love our children. But you've got to have standards in your house. You're not bringing that in this house. Hello. 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 Even to the point where if it creates a challenge, then that challenge must be made. Yes. Amen. Well, I'd rather have them smoking in my house than out there on the street. Oh, okay. so. Well, I'd rather have them drinking. At least I know where they're at and what they're doing. Hello? No! Oh, nope. You all getting anything out of this today? Yes. Come on, this is the perfect time to take a stand. Because you're going to be places where everybody else is going to be taking a stand. I had another rule in my house, no cussing. Now, that's hard for people who use more cuss words than English. (laughs) And so I figured if I get the alcohol out of this system, it would help control the mouths and the language. Set your standards and hold them. Now, even though they barked about that, where did they all come every Christmas? All of them complained and barked about it, but guess where everyone came every Christmas to our house? And always on time. (laughs) And stayed late. And helped us clean up the kitchen, get the house back in order. And then when they were leaving, I would always say, didn't it feel good to just not drink and cuss for three hours? <laughs> you all getting anything out of this today? It's a big reason why he came. I promise you at some point with your family, you're going to have to make a decision. The reality is I would pray that if I chose something other than God, my wife would go with God and leave me alone. if she had to choose, if I get knuckleheaded, her responsibility is greater to God than it is to me. Yes. Amen. You understand what he's saying? Everybody clear? All right, let's go ahead and close this out. Music department, you can go ahead and prepare yourselves. So he who does not take up his cross, that, that is self-denial, and follow after me is not worthy of me. Now watch this, and he who finds his life will lose it. See, that's the one that's fighting against the truth, All right? Not that one. He who finds his life will lose. That's the one that accepts the truth and walks in it. You're going to lose everything Uh, that you don't want in your life. But then he who loses his life, nope, I said it backwards. The one that finds his life will lose. That's the one who's trying to hold on to everything that he has that's not from God, that Satan has blinded him from. He's going to actually lose the life that he actually wants to live. And then the one that loses his life for my sake, see, that's the one that will find it. And, you know, the greatest testimony that I have in my life is when I made this decision to not sleep with another female until I got married... Eight years goes by. When I lost that life, I found this life. Listen to me. And in 22 years of not being saved, 21 years of being married to her wipes out all of that foolishness that I was doing, that I thought was fun, that amounted to nothing. Come on, folks. I'm preaching better than anybody saying amen to me, right? And so... I believe God sent me here today to help open up somebody's eyes. See, the point of this word is not that God loves division and strife. The point is that strife and division caused by true allegiance to Jesus are better than no strife and division with no allegiance at all. So if I took a stand for Christ and it created a problem between us, I can live with that. My wife would tell you, my very best friend, when I gave my life to Christ, somebody that I grew up with, man, we were as close as two people could be. I mean, two. I mean, we were, we were as close as th- than, than two brothers could ever be. And I give my life to Christ, and I'm sincere about this. Every weekend, he's, come on, man, let's go. I said, man, I don't do that anymore. Man, what? Come on, man, stop clowning, man. Wait, shake it off. You come out of it. true story. And I remember the toughest thing in the world was to leave, to walk away from that and say, hey man, we can't hang out no more because we're not heading in the same direction. And I remember I was called a sellout, all kind of stuff. All kind. I mean, just they called me everything, but I stood my ground. Dave, if you're watching, man, he ended up moving down here to Atlanta, Georgia. Bishop Butler opens up a church called Faith Christian Center. I call Dave and I say, Dave, I'm going to be in town. Would you go to church with me on this morning? Dave comes to church with me that morning, altar call is given, and I look up, Dave raises his hand and goes all the way down and responds to that, and Dave is still saved to this day. Come on, somebody ought to give God glory for that. You you never know what your stand will do to change somebody else's life. Your allegiance to Jesus Jesus is going to create some, 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 some separation. But God has a way of bringing it back. See, the point is that when a person is ransomed and called and given sight, something really radical happens on the inside of them. I can remember being a college student and I... I took my little Gideon Bible that I had wrote in the back of it and given my life to Christ too. And I went around to every dorm room of every girl that I had ever violated and I said, I'm sorry, I apologize. That was wrong. That's not who I am anymore. And if I've done anything that's gonna hurt your life long term, please forgive me of that. But I've given my life to Christ and I don't wanna live like, I did that as a 22-year-old college student. And I prayed that all of those females for the first time saw something different. Hallelujah. This is all he's asking us to do. If it's true, then declare it. Go to the people and tell them who you are and how you want to live. Hallelujah. My wife would tell you when I met her, first thing I said to her was that how this relationship would be. We're not going to sleep with each other, it's not going to be any kissing. All of that started as a college student. God is speaking to somebody in this room today. I believe that this word has started to remove and for some completely remove the blinders. What happens is people begin to see everything differently. With new sight, they have a new master because of that sovereign call And they say, I can't live like this anymore. We can't live in these arrangements. We're not married. This is not God's best for us. And they're serious about that. So they think differently. They feel differently. And they, they act differently. And for some in the family, that can be very threatening. And so tension develops. For this, Jesus came into the world, folks. This, too, is a true meaning of Christmas. Let's all stand to our feet. And I just want you to lift your hands to a holy God right now. I don't care if you've been saved one week, if you're not saved, or you've been saved 30 years. I know the Spirit of God was ministering to your heart about some area of your life where He shines some light in. And it's time for you to start coming on out of that darkness and getting to where he, he wants you to be. And I'm, even, I'm telling you, he's ministering to me right now too. We can all grow, folks. If you'll let that word shine, it'll shine in the areas of your life, and it'll bring you right out of that darkness. Lift your hands to the Father right now. And so, Father, I pray for every person in this room today under the sound and authority of my voice. My prayer for them today, Father, is that the light of your glorious gospel has shined into their hearts, and it has softened their hearts, not hardened their hearts. And people are going to make quality decisions today about how they want to live their life from this day forward. Father, I'm praying for every person in here that your word acts like a sword and it causes division between those that are for Christ and those that are against Christ, even when it's our own family members and close friends. You're going to give them the courage and the boldness to make decisions that are for you and not against you. That is my prayer for every person in this room today, Father, and I give you the glory for all the fruit that will come out of it. Now, while you're in that attitude of prayer today, while you're seeking God with all of your heart, if you're in this building today and you...